Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to KJV Cafe. My name is Clark Covington, a pastor of Heartland Community Baptist Church in Lincolnton, North Carolina. And today we are talking about disobedience what the Bible has to say about disobedience. Now you may say, oh, come on, Brother Clark, why are we going to talk about disobedience? Look, to understand the benefits of being obedient, sometimes we need to see the consequences of being disobedient. Sometimes uh, as a young person, especially, it was easier for me to see what happens when you do bad versus what would be happening if you didn't. You know, I was always maybe pushing the boundaries, testing the limits uh, like, a, like a young person often does. And God sometimes would have to use people to rein me in and show me what happens when I am bad. And what God does in his word, amen, is he tells us so much about disobedience and the consequences of disobedience. You know, obedience or being obedient, following God is so important. When we are obedient to God's will and his plan for our lives, there is great fruit. We're created uniquely and we're treated uniquely by God in a way that brings us to where he wants us to go. You know, scripture, yes, it is the same as everyone reads it, but oftentimes people will get different things from it. But God treats his children uniquely uh, in the way that maybe he chastens us or the way that he convicts us. And, And part of that is shepherding us along and bringing us to maturity and to bear fruit. And the end result is a great closeness with our heavenly father. Isaiah 1 19. Oh, I love this verse. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Amen. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. You know, it's, it's that simple. If you're willing, you know, you don't, it doesn't say if you're talented, it doesn't say if you're special, if you're gifted, if you're important, if you're rich, it just says if you're willing. You know, if you're willing and obedient, right? So you're saying, okay, you know what? I'm willing to follow God and I will follow God. I'll be obedient to his call, even when his call is uncomfortable, even when his call is putting me at odds with the world, even when his call has me battered down and beaten down, even when submitting to him is difficult, I will just do it. I'll be willing and I'll do it. I'll be obedient. And then the scripture here says by the prophet Isaiah in chapter one, verse 19, ye shall eat the good of the land. We can clearly see obedience is good, but then why are many not bearing fruit for God, not close to him, and frankly, don't fear him at all? Why are there so many disobedient people out there, both Christians and and, uh, the lost alike? Today, I want to spend some time discussing what the Bible says about the consequences of disobedience. And here is a scripture, I think, that sums it up. Uh, that that kind of uh, gives us a really good idea of what God thinks of the disobedient. Proverbs chapter 1, 23 through 33. Proverbs 1, 23 through 33. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. 
but ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I will also I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when ye, your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. What an amazing passage of scripture. I'm sure a whole year's worth of sermons could be pre- uh, preached on this piece of scripture. Uh, and so 15 minutes, amen, it doesn't do it justice, but I'm going to try to pick it apart here for you a little bit. Uh, we see here in the first couple of verses of Proverbs 1, 23 through 33, uh, that the Lord is saying, look, you know, you need to turn at my re- reproof. You need to pay attention. You need to change your ways. You need to re- repent. And uh, he says, I'll pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Okay, so he's saying, like, look, if you get right with me, I'll let you know what's going on. Uh, And and you say, well, does God talk? No, but you know what? He speaks through his word, and he'll give you discernment in his word. I'll tell you what. When I tried to read the Bible as a child, I had no idea. I just knew there was a lot of big words, and it bothered me. When I read the Bible now, it's like it pops me in the face. It's like my blood starts pumping. At the same time, I feel this peace I can't describe. Uh, When I read the Bible now, it just illuminates. It shines. It magnifies. That's nothing in my simple mind. That's nothing in, in my ability to read. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit opening up his word to me because I have turned at his reproof. I have sought him. I've humbled myself. Every day I try to repent before God, say, dear Lord, forgive me of all my sins and point out the sins in my life that are driving uh, any kind of wedge between me and you so that I will not do them again. I identify these sins as sins that you hate. And now I hate them because you hate them and I'm on your side and let's do this together. I will walk with you, Lord. And you have that closest with God, he'll open his, his uh, word to you. But those that turn, uh, that don't turn, uh, that don't repent, that, that don't get close to God, that are stubborn, the Bible would call them stiff-necked. They refuse. Uh, that's what happens here. Uh, verse 24, because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Oh, God's mighty hand is stretched out, stretched out to the sinner tonight. Um, God's mighty hand is here for the sinner, but will they take it? But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. And so he, they won't take God's counsel. The disobedient won't take it. And they won't take any of his reproof. Look, uh, I'm going to preach a message here on the radio soon about how the chastening of the Lord is really good for us and is what we need. And it's a sign that, that God is with us. And they would have none of that. So God's response here, verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. So God's response is, look, you're going to reap what you sow. Verse 27, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. And that's where you get the wicked person. They're disobedient. They're all out of order. They look to the world for everything first. And then last chance, like last ditch effort, hanging off the edge of a cliff, they say, okay, well, let me turn to God. And God's saying, I'm going to laugh at you. I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to answer that prayer because you have not hearkened unto me. And we see here, um, verse 29, 
For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they didn't choose to fear God. You understand the disobedient do not fear God. And you understand that is a choice. God gives us a choice, whether we will submit ourselves to him and and fear him, frankly. And if you are saved, chances are you almost definitely fear God. Amen. I know I fear God. Uh, he is, The Bible says it's a fearful thing to be in the hands of an almighty God. Uh, he is fearful. I think of the scripture in Isaiah 6, uh, when Isaiah uh, sees the Lord and the angels there and the seraphims, and, and he's, uh, uh, he doesn't know what to do. He knows he's unclean. Uh, verse 5 of Isaiah 6 says, Then said I, Woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Uh, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So he saw God, and uh, the seraphim gives him a coal, live coal in his hand, and he's going to lay it upon his mouth so his iniquity is taken away. He's submitting to God, and he's fearing God. All these great men of God, they feared God greatly. Uh, but here you have the Lord saying they didn't fear him. Verse 30 uh, of the proverb here, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. So now not only did they not listen to God's reproof, they despised his reproof. You understand that disobedience, is an uh, enmity or enemy of God. The idea is if you're not with him, you're against him. If you're not for him, you're against him. And so the idea is that not only do people not take God's reproof, they despise it. They despise the things of God. Look how angry the world gets when you speak on the true things of God, when you speak on the true words of scripture. They get so mad, they try to retranslate it into something else. They try to take that scripture and remove it if they can. And then uh, the devil gets so mad at it, it will pervert everything in the movies and in music and in culture uh, to try to take everything away from what God's word says is true and holy. And of course, the Bible warns against that. Woe unto them uh, that call evil good and good evil. Uh, and then we see here in verse 31, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Okay, so that's the crux of it. When you are disobedient, you eat the fruit of your own way. Remember, I started this message here talking about Isaiah 1.19. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land or the good fruit. And here we see the disobedient, the unwilling, uh, the ones that despise God and his ways, the ones that live for themselves, the ones that are the captains of their own ship, the ones that have not made Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. Those disobedient people will eat the fruit of their own way, and they'll be filled with their own devices. And so what God does in this kind of poetry, poetic punishment, he says, all right, I'm just going to stick a mirror right up to you and all that wickedness that you have in your heart towards me, you're going to receive all that wickedness back. The Bible word there would be maybe recompense, right? He's coming with a recompense. He's going to repay them for what they've done to him. Amen. Uh, verse 32, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. You know, what's really interesting here. Uh, this speaks to, I believe, how uh, the wicked and the disobedient, you know, they're not just accountable for their own wickedness and disobedience. They're also going to be held accountable for turning away the simple. For those, uh, imagine a wicked person uh, trying to get someone to go get an abortion or a wicked person uh, trying to uh, pass a law uh, that would allow gambling or uh drunkenness or legalized drugs or a wicked person that would be pushing some pagan values or some occultish stuff. Hey, they're going to be held accountable uh, by this scripture. As I understand it, it's going to slay them and they're going to be held accountable for these actions, for how they misled others. So ooh, be careful what you say. Be careful where you lead people. Be careful uh, that you don't try too hard to fit in with the world. And then you get off uh, leading people in the wrong direction. That's why we are called to be set apart, to be a light that's not hid under a bushel. Amen. Uh, and then a beautiful verse at the end here, 
But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. And so dwell safely. We're not going to be harmed when we're obedient with the Lord. We're going to be safe. Again, we're going to eat the good of the land. And secondly, we're going to be quiet, not just from evil. Oh, I love this. Not just from evil, but from the fear of evil. We don't even have to fear because God is that powerful. He's that amazing. He's that wonderful. And so we understand that disobedience is a very serious thing to God and that we see that we need to hearken or listen and tune, uh, turn to God and tune into what he's saying so we can have have that safe uh, resting place with him and that closeness with him. And again, I'd like to clarify here uh, with disobedience, we're not talking about salvation. Okay. So God's a God of his word. God's not a liar. And when you're saved, once saved, always saved. And so when you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you are going to be saved uh, forever. Amen. And that's not going to change. And so all we're speaking about here is either the lost person and what their disobedience will bring them, uh, all of this death, etc., or the backslid Christian and the disobedience would bring them distance from God, no reward or less rewards in heaven or no rewards in heaven, missed opportunities, uh, and then all kinds of worldly issues, right? But they're not going to lose their salvation. Okay, so quickly here, James 1, 14 through 15, um, it talks about something very interesting, the root of this disobedience. James 1, 14 through 15, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So we see here what is starts this disobedience, what kicks it off? He's drawn away of his own lust and he's enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And so we see this. We see the enticing. And, and who's doing the enticing? Well, if it's not you, it's the devil. Amen. Uh, we become prey for the devil when we're feeding the carnal side of us more than the spiritual. And so as we live as Christians, we have to be very careful to continue to saturate ourselves in the word, saturate ourselves in the ways of God, and to continue to strive to be obedient with God instead of striving against God. And it's very important to keep this in mind that, look, um, the devil will will be like that lion that attacks the prey. Well, what kind of prey is the lion going to attack? The way a preacher taught it to me once, that lion's going to go after the most vulnerable prey. And so we don't want that to be us today. Let's stay on the firing line for Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.